0: Oh, that was quick. Hello, and welcome to Kevfe Break on unsafe space. I am your host, Carrie Smith, and I'm joined today, today on Friday, May 21st, by my co-host, Carter Laren, looking very dashing, I have to say. That's one of the sexiest outfits I think I've seen on you. Really? Yeah. You should wear that more often.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I felt like dressing up a little bit because I used to wear the tie all the time. And I was like, I should dress up a little bit today. I just feel like it, but I didn't feel like a tie. And I just grabbed, yeah, all right.
0: Huh. It's dashing.
1: Thanks. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just a couple house housekeeping things before we get started with Casual Fridays. Uh, we have book club coming up on Sunday, May 30th. This month we've been doing Jordan Peterson's. We're doing nonfiction this month, so we're doing Jordan Peterson's Beyond Order. You still have a week, a little over a week, week to read that book and join us. And you can get more info at unsafe spacecom at the book club page. We also, you can find links there to support us if you want to contribute financially, or uh, you can like, share, subscribe the videos. And we also have a web store. Is that everything?
1: That sounds like everything. That's Good. enough for me. Um. Want to introduce our guests today?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm really excited. Today we're joined by actual justice warrior, Sean Fitzgerald. Hello.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being on. I saw you just you just passed a big uh, momentous occasion at YouTube. Let me get you got a hundred. Oh, let's look at it. A hundred
2: thousand.
0: That's so cool. I didn't know they sent those out. knew they? sent them out for like a million what a what a cool uh recognition
2: what yeah, are you going to do you, with it <laughs> put it on my thing i guess i don't not, they give you a gold one for a million but i'm never going to get that so you know enjoy my what do they send metal. you
0: what do they send you when they ban you
2: uh nothing they don't even send you your final <laughs> paycheck that's true I've they don't
1: it. they keep yeah. your money for a month and then you don't get that money anymore yeah
0: Cool. We're also joined today by Kelly Day, who's an old friend. Hi Kelly. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Last time I think we had you on, you were running
3: for office. Marty. I was. I was. I ran for the twenty nineteen Canadian federal election in my region. So that was that was fun. And since then I was Kelly Day and I have been married since then. So that was twenty nineteen already. Time's flying in the weird COVID vortex. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Congratulations. So we should Thank call you, you Kelly
1: Lamb now, correct?
3: Um, you you know, you can call me whatever whatever you really don't oh. get too offended. Pronouns oh, are, right. et, cetera, et cetera. Kelly Lamb. Right, these are
1: Apologies. Kelly Lamb. It's Did okay. you learn your lesson running for, for, for office? Did you learn your lesson? You're never going to do that again.
3: <laughs> well, I learned a lot of life lessons there, Carter. But what I've learned is that I become a little more libertarian every day. We'll say that. All right. Very, that's what I very to hear. corrupt. So, yeah, it's a game. Yeah. It's, it's a dirty game. And good people who go in it with the right heart and intention slowly just sell out a little bit at a time. And then they become unrecognizable. So it's a game that's meant to only reward the most really swarmy people, just really awful people. It's unfortunate. So, yes, yes, I learned my lesson, if that's what you wanted to.
1: I, I love that. Um, yeah, keep, keep going. Maybe you should run for <laughs> office again. It'll make you more libertarian.
0: Probably <laughs> see, but the, isn't that a problem? Cause I've started, I've started coming to this similar conclusion, Kelly, that I just mm-hmm. think all, I, I don't trust any pop. I trust very few politicians now. And, uh, don't you think like the good people just kind of weed themselves out? They decide it's not worth it. I don't want to be a part of this. It's a cesspool.
3: Precisely, that's exactly it. Sure. So if you go in with strong principles, I don't know how it is, it seems similar, even though your system is so different than our kind of parliamentary system, but it's very similar in the sense that you kind of have this two-party thing, it doesn't matter what you actually believe in. You don't vote your values, you vote for one of these two big parties, and here are MPs who represent like 338 ridings, they're meant to be accountable to their constituents that vote the best person in for their region, but instead they have to vote the best party in so we get a better mm-hmm. prime minister, and then they have to toe that party line. So you end up with no accountability. And there's no point in even having voted representatives if all they have to do is, you know, they might go in with principles, but ultimately their paychecks on the line, they want to keep moving up. And they're going to slowly just well, I'll I'll budge a little on this. It's no big deal. I'm still who I was before. And then five years down the road, even the the best person has has sold out. That's kind of how I see it. Or if you don't sell out you get pushed out. And so you don't, they don't keep you in if you're a great person. Like you will, they'll find a way to get rid of you. It's a a really dirty system. Uh, Whether you're in Canadian politics or American, it just seems more exciting down there. You guys are more flashy about your politics. Yeah.
1: Well, Canadians are too nice. It makes it difficult to have.
3: It's been a problem lately. Yeah, we're way too nice. We're way Mm -hmm. too scared of being called rude. It's not a good thing.
1: Right, right. And we voted for Trump. So...
3: Yeah, yeah, well, and we have Trudeau,
1: So,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so what's um, Sean? What's going on in the education world? Uh, how many uh, how many more millions of our children has China indoctrinated since the last time we spoke with you?
2: Uh, probably a lot, but one of the big things in public education now is that they're. There, the Biden administration is pushing for critical race theory in all levels of uh, public education, which you know sounds disastrous. But who knows? Maybe it will work out, and everybody will become great, and racism will be healed. You know,
1: right. <laughs> that's not their goal, though. That's the thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But wow. There, Wait. There, Wait. there is some good, like local pushback against that. So, I mean, you know, whether or not that's legitimate in that it's founded in principle or it's in the idea that hey these are our local education institutions so school boards just don't want things mandated from the federal government that is a positive sign but then again since i do a lot of education work i know that a lot of these programs were already implemented on the local level prior to this like california they have a bunch of different school districts that have been doing this and now they're like mandated to develop a statewide curriculum To teach critical race theory as a graduation requirement, so you know that you take the good with the bad.
4: I have
0: a question about some of the pushback. So I've seen some some pushback in the form of parents who are suing. I've seen some uh, in the form of, of of parents who are rallying and organizing and going to school board meetings and pushing back against it in that way. And then I've also seen these ballot measures that are coming up in some states like in Texas, uh, like in New Hampshire and states where they're basically trying to pass a bill saying you cannot teach critical race theory in schools. Uh, I've been meaning to find a time to talk about this with Carter. We haven't even talked about this. I'm curious what you guys think about proposed law like that, that restricts what you can teach in the classroom.
2: I mean, I mean, like it, it, it depends because it's one thing to say that you can't talk about something in the school or whatever, that's like a, a first amendment issue, but the school, like the state or the local municipality, they craft the curriculum. So what's included and not included has always been within their domain. And like, you know, you could have the ballot initiatives, you could vote it out, you know, in terms of law for like a year, but ultimately it's kind of like a self-defeating process because all of these states fund their own public education institutions in college. And that's where all this comes from, because they if they require that as a graduation requirement in college, when they come to be teachers in our public schools, they're bringing that into the public schools. So it's like, yeah, you could take a stand. But as long as you're funding like the university systems in all of these states and you're not doing anything about that, being in the university system, it's a very temporary stand. Sorry to go all, like, you know, cynical on everybody. But
1: oh, I don't think that's cynical. I mean, I'll I'll one up you on cynicism. If you're going to have the government run education you're going to get what the average voter votes for like all those crappy politicians that kelly just talked about get voted in by uninformed people who can't critically think who get pfizer tattoos which i've been seeing lately like they they get like those kind of people they vote for the dirtiest politician the worst people get into office they set the curriculum because or they hire bureaucrats to set the curriculum and that's how your kids get taught. If you want public education, that's what you get. You get education by the masses. It's, it's education dictated by, it's like having a company where the board of directors is the average Walmart person. Like, all right, well, that's, that's the direction you go. That's, that's why I'm adamantly opposed to all forms of publication or of edu- uh, public education, because this is what you get inevitably. If culture goes that way, thus goes education.
0: So would you spend time, is it worth supporting these measures to try and ban it from the classroom? I, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this yet, but one of the things that occurred to me is, is just sort of that you're not fundamentally changing the system. You're, you're saying we well, you can't talk about these certain things and depending on the, how the, how the law is written, some of those things it's already illegal for them to do. So we just need people to sue. I mean, if your child is, is learning racist indoctrination in the classroom, you know, can't parents already sue? Do we, do, do we need these extra laws, this extra level of regulation on what can be taught? I'm a well, since, gotta I, I, a sincerely to asking.
2: I, right, I you got
1: to get a judge. So go ahead, Sean.
2: Yeah, I mean, suing takes a long time and then it actually has to happen and then it's implemented. Then you have to have a parent that like is outraged by it. Then they have to sue and go through the whole process. I do think it's good. And a lot of these laws are structured in a way that's like, you can't teach the 1619 project, which has been like widely disputed by historians as facts. Like a lot of that is in the, is in the legislation and all that. And Texas doing this has a big impact because anytime a big state like Texas or California says that they're not going to include something in their textbooks that they're paying for because the textbook companies sell to like a mass amount of people, like they only want to print one version of the book. So it is a way that Mm -hmm. Texas could actually use their market power to kind of bully this out of the curriculum in other States. So I do think there is value in it. Obviously it depends on how the law is written and all that. If it's like really insanely restrictive to the point where it's a first amendment violation that I'm not going to be in favor of it but right. if they're using their market share the way that they do now then you know except for better purposes I think that's fine.
0: Right. Okay. Well, thank you for to me a little bit. Slow it I mean, down. If you're
1: a state you could slow it down by banning CRT in this if you're if you're if you're Texas and you want to say we're not going to teach that in our schools we're not going to include it in our curriculum like you could slow down the indoctrination process. Absolutely. Even if it, even if California is like, we're doubling down on CRT, um, at least somewhere you're slowing it down, but I have a hard time. I'm ambivalent on it because I, part of me is like, maybe the education system, I mean, it's already a piece of crap. So maybe we should just let it burn. I don't like homeschool.
2: Yeah. But, the thing is, is like a lot of people when I do public education videos say like, oh, just homeschool your kids or send your kids to private school. But you have to understand, like, you can probably do that for your kids if you're committed and informed and all that. But the vast majority of people are sending their kids to the school that's aligned with their zip code. So even if you're like, my kids are going to be educated, my kids are going to be like good voters, it's like congratulations, that's 10% of the future generation and like, a democracy doesn't work that way for your kids in the future. So you have to fight for other people's children, and you have to fight the battles in the public schools, even if you're homeschooling your kids, because these are the people that will vote for politicians to make homeschooling illegal or heavily restricted.
1: Right, and that's the problem. I mean, you're just getting at I the agree. problem with democracy generally and having public education generally. Like that That's the issue, right? And so you can delay this stuff, but... You, you can't ultimately you can't stop the culture from getting what it wants. It'll figure out how to go around the laws to get what it wants.
2: Well, I think you also yeah. more broadly fight for school choice. So parents can send their like you attach yep. the money to the kids so they could send their kids to better schools because a lot of parents just want their kids to go to a better school. But like if we end up using market pressure to kind of get rid of this, like, you know, 1619 Project nonsense, then like that's a good solution to do it without necessarily passing a legislation to try to work around something in the curriculum in the public schools yeah
1: and if you gave parents their property taxes back if they spent and had them spend it on their education give them a voucher and say you can spend this money on some other school more people would be able to afford uh, either private s- schools, or now you're seeing um, little enclaves pop up where people are kind of sharing homeschooling resources, and you're, they're building on a mini ad hoc schools. Um, so, you know, I think at some point a lot of people are going to realize that public schools actually worse than just leaving your kid in the backyard all day, and and at that point, you know, <laughs> why not leave your kid in the backyard all day? I mean, it's it's easier.
3: May I ask? A- as a Canadian, where do charter schools fit into all this? I hear a lot of talk about it, but I've never taken the time to look into it.
2: Our, our charter schools are are schools where, like, they attach the money to the kids, and then they can go to them. But, like, you sign up for them. So they're technically private schools, but they're publicly funded, so they have some of the same regulations as a public school. But they're allowed to do different things. And okay and they're like they're successful in a lot of ways but like a lot of them are failures but unlike public schools when they fail like they get rid of the charter schools with public schools if they fail they give them more money so that they can fail more but um yeah like so school choice would be attaching the the dollars to the children so that they could go to maybe one of these charter schools that pop up around the country and there's there's been like a lot of success with it after hurricane katrina hit new orleans and really damaged the city they opened up a lot of these like charter schools and they basically had to go with school choice because they couldn't rebuild the public schools in time for the kids to actually go to them. So they ended up like going with this program, like just because of necessity, but we could push for that, especially if you're a parent and your kid's going to an overcrowded school that has like a lot of crime and poor like test taking and all that. Like we've seen success with it in Newark where the Newark public school children do significantly worse at the bottom of the state but the newark charter school children are at like the top of the state despite the fact that their schools per student get like seven grand as opposed to 14 grand so like they they do work in certain circumstances but like unlike but that's because unlike public schools they have like accountability they will be shut down if they stop working
3: Gotcha. Yeah. Funny barriers? how money brings accountability and funny how the government cannot spend money to do anything right there. Even if they have good intentions, I always say that they either have sinister <laughs> intentions or they have good intentions and they have no idea how to manage money. Um, you know, the budget will balance itself. I think Trudeau once said.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. and, and failure gets gets rewarded in government, right? Yes. If, yes your department, it does. if you're if you're fighting education and the average test scores of the people in your district or your whatever you're working on, if that goes down, that's just a, that's a bullet point on your slide when you're asking for more funding next year, like, Oh, the problem's getting worse. We need more funding. It's not, it's not the reverse, which should be, well, you did a crappy job. You're out, <laughs> no more funding for whatever
0: yeah. that was no. <laughs>
3: that's amazing. No, I appreciate the clarification. Well,
0: well, thank you. Thank you for having that conversation with me because I've been I've been wondering, there's something you said, John, that, that stood out to me you said, based on how the laws are written, if, it, if it's a first amendment issue or not. And so I, I just need to pay closer attention, especially to what's gonna be coming out of Texas and see where, because I don't wanna violate my principles of believing in free speech, but at the same time, I do not believe that public schools should be using tax dollar money to indoctrinate kids or or especially to teach them truths like the 1619 Project. So I guess it's depending on what, what they put in there that they're blocking. Uh, my fear is always just when, when you get a law like that, it, it could be used down the road. You're, if you're short-sighted, it could be used to then ban things. You know, It could be turned on you and turned against the truth and used to ban other things. So right. well, I, that, haven't, I haven't thought about it quite yet.
2: Well, that's why like, the focus should be on what's taught in the classroom because you don't have free speech at work. Like you can be fired. Like we've seen this a million times. Like you can be fired for doing crazy or saying crazy stuff at your job. And like, it just can't restrict them as teachers because you know, the teachers union is really powerful and the Republicans are looking for a way to undercut their power, their political power. So like you have to write the law in the, in such a way that it doesn't try to advantage your political gains outside of the classroom versus inside of the classroom, but inside of the classroom, it should be fine. Like, your the school board or whatever the state should determine what's taught in the classroom and the teachers are delivering that information and i want them to have a little bit of room for innovative like teaching methods but at the same time i don't think it's crazy to say you can't have the 1619 project which has been widely uh, disputed taught in our public schools it's just anti-american propaganda we shouldn't be paying for it
0: right yeah, well, we actually go way, Pat man. from <laughs> Finest City Cycling says there's a New York Times article entitled Texas Pushes to Obscure the State's History of Slavery and Racism. They say it's a mostly non biased coverage of the Texas story. Is that like mostly peaceful? Thank you, Finest City.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well Carrie, do um, you well, want I to talk also, about. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask if you wanted to talk about these. I just looked at the thing that you sent me. I didn't realize you sent me a tattoo pic of a vaccine person. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I, so yeah. I so I just
0: thought.
1: Yeah, I watched Paul Joseph Watson video recently. Paul Joseph Watson video um, that I think it was called It's Definitely Not a Cult. Um, And I forgot how awesome he was. I haven't watched him in a while. Um. But he had all these uh, interstitials of people getting like Pfizer tattoos, like their logo of Pfizer tattooed on their body. I just thought I, I just love that. I don't know. It's awesome. It's incredibly stupid. Um, but let's pull the other one that you threw you found. let's see. This is, let's pull I up.
0: just saw it this morning before, right before we started. it it I think it's gross. There's something nauseating about it.
1: Well, yeah, the picture itself is kind of also nauseating.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's bad art, first of all, but there is something nauseating about it that sort of – there is a religious aspect to some some of this for some people. Not everyone, but for some people who've gotten the vaccine, it's – yeah, look at that. Ew, for anybody who's listening (laughs) at home and can't see this (laughs) – it's a picture. It's a picture of a, a tattoo on this person's shoulder. It's very large. And it's a picture of the COVID virus. And on top of it is a band-aid that says J and J for Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And then it has the date three sixteen two uh twenty twenty one, which I guess is when they got the vaccine. It's it looks like one of those memorial tattoos that people would get for nine eleven, but it's a memorial of their vaccine date. <laughs>
1: I, why wow. do I love that so much?
3: It's hilarious because it's a perfect it's like, marker. It's of... better
1: than a tramp stamp. It's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's an IQ test.
3: You've yes, got, that's what got, I was going to say.
1: <laughs> you've got people getting that. They've got someone got like a, a tattoo that's, I'm a COVID survivor. <laughs> just like like 99.4% of the people or six or whatever it is, there are COVID survivors, dude. <laughs> like, it's just such a ridiculous... <sighs>
0: It's I mean, I'm ridiculous. The, world. Go ahead, Sean.
2: I'm just proud of the left that they've gotten over this thing about hating big pharma. Now, like we worship at the altar of big pharma, and I think it's yes. great.
1: Yes. Yeah. Here's a 200 billion dollar pharmaceutical company that's been in trouble for multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get the tattoo on my leg <laughs> because I'm a rebel.
0: People you are know. just un- They're unthinking. And I think also there's an element to, I saw this and I, I tweeted, I was like, this is worse than a Twitty bird tattoo. But actually, <laughs> I, then I thought of some really awful tattoos that I wanted to get when I was younger. And there were two that stuck out. And one was the female symbol with a fist in it. I used to have earrings with that. And I, I really was going to get it in that same place on the shoulder. And then, thankfully, my ex-husband talked me out of it. Uh, The other one I seriously considered was the TARDIS from Doctor Who. Same place, short. And he also talked me out of that one. And, And my point with these two, I was thinking about these awful tattoos, is I think that there is, we talked about this before, but there's a crisis of meaning and identity in this country. This is why all this narcissistic kind of identity has become so important. And I think for someone like that, and in my case, certainly when I was in my 20s, I wasn't looking for a tattoo to mark an event in my life that was meaningful. I wasn't looking just like for because I, I, I think that you can get a lot of meaning from art on your body if it if it's meant to mark something uh, you know a, a, a rite of passage like something that happened to you and to remind you of some kind of growth that you had. I, I kind of I like those kind of tattoos. But what I was looking for at that time, and I think what a person like this is looking for, they're looking for identity in this and meaning. It's like it's like I'm putting a TARDIS on my arm because my identity is a Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who so much. Or I'm putting the woman symbol on my arm with a fist in it because I am a feminist. And that is my identity. In case identity. anyone's
1: not sure what your gender is in the future.
0: yeah. And this, this vaccine tattoo, I think is the same thing. It's standing in for personality. It's standing in for meaning and identity. This person's like, I am defined by my choice to get this vaccine, right? I am a COVID survivor. Anyway, it made me start thinking about all that stuff. <laughs> I, regrettable I mean, tattoos.
1: We, I have, A lot of people have regrettable tattoos. I get it. But uh yeah. There was someone in chat said, you got to brand your cattle. That's what it is. But the cattle are branding themselves. Can you imagine how awesome it would be if you were a farmer and your cattle were like, no, we should be locked up and totally <laughs> you should brand us.
2: <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I think that there's definitely precedent for it. Remember, after the polio vaccine came out, everybody was tattooing polio like what what they they got the shot right on their chest and on their face they were like that was totally normal in america right this isn't weird at all yeah i guess
1: i totally remember reading that in history
0: wait Uh, i get confused by sarcasm sometimes
3: i'm
1: just just kidding
2: i'm just kidding
0: in fact carter and i joke that we have a i have a like a sarcasm limit i can only tolerate certain levels of it because i'm like oh is
3: that true you're you're (laughs) not alone if it makes you feel better
2: (laughs) But it, it, it's, it's, like, on the one hand, like, vaccines overall are good because of things like polio. Like, not, none of us know kids, hopefully, that died before they were 10 because of polio. So, like, I understand yeah. the appreciation of a vaccine to, like, a certain point in that it enables us to, like, live our normal life. But, like, it's the end of a pandemic that was terrible, and you're memorializing it with a giant tattoo on your arm that is going to look ridiculous. It looks ridiculous immediately, but it's going to be completely irrelevant in six months. And And on top of that, the art isn't very good. And it's also like very much a weird like juxtaposition where you have the left always constantly talking about how big pharma ruins everything. Big pharma is destroying our society. Big pharma controls our government, but it's like an ode to big pharma. Which, by the way, Big Pharma is kind of awesome. They do invent all these drugs that extend our lives and all that. But it's just funny seeing that from a left-wing person. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm just sad that Monsanto didn't have a branded vaccine because I really want all the leftists <laughs> to have a Monsanto tattoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's like... that would be way better. There's also something, to go back to the, the analogy to religion, there's something... It's, it's like a person getting a cross on their arm. Or some, you know, this is where I'm putting my faith in this thing, you know. I want you to know I'm a believer in this. I see I see that in this tattoo as well. So anyway, one bad tattoo caused me to have a lot of a lot of thoughts this morning.
1: But can we talk about the um there's been I've seen fact check articles now where people are saying or sorry, people, the cathedral is saying that. Experts and their fact checkers say, hey, it's totally fine. And I think they might be right technically about this. It's totally fine for businesses to ask you to show if you're vaccinated. So a lot of businesses, are they're, they're saying some businesses are now wanting, like when you come in, show us your vaccination card. And if you have one, you don't have to wear your mask. And if you don't, we're going to make you wear a mask. Um, I think that they're technically right. I think I think you can legally do that. But um, I also yes. think you could probably legally lie to them about your vaccination status because you're not under oath. This isn't, you're not know, signing a contract, so. Um, but have you seen this stuff?
0: Yes. Have you guys seen it? Because
3: I've, I've started to see it. I've got
0: a screenshot also in New Carter.
1: OK.
3: We're still under just full mask mask. I'm waiting for it to happen here. I know Trudeau has brought up this whole vaccine passport concept it wouldn't surprise me if Canada was one of the first countries to adopt something like that. And uh, to really, we're, we're certainly pushing the shame heavy in our mainstream media. There's a lot of, it's definitely being shifted onto whoever's not getting vaccinated, whoever hasn't worn masks, even though we've had mass compliance really across the board. It's um, this kind of stuff freaks me out. Like you said, Carter, legally there might be, they might be allowed, you know, if it's in the free market and a business has a right to do this, that's one thing. But then of course there's privacy concerns. There's all these other issues. To me, it's just more right. of a cultural, like, this, this is a scary direction to go. This is a scary cultural, societal direction to go where we are creating these two groups of people and pitting them against each other for, for what? For Not for health and safety. It's not for health and safety. So what are we doing here? And I find it, when I look at what we're doing and how we've handled this pandemic, um, you guys are talking about the tattoos and how it's like Carrie, you were saying, it's like an identity. I think COVID has brought out some very interesting sort of identity issues in a lot of people across the board, yeah. whether it's wearing masks and, and and pushing that on other people, people who would be quiet but are now emboldened to be bullies because the health officials tell them it's okay because it's for people's health and safety. People are getting more kind of angry with each other. They're getting rid of friendships and relationships to trust the government instead of their neighbors or their friends. So I see this pattern Kind of developing among people that I didn't expect it here uh, in in real life, not just online. Like these are regular people that I would never have thought would do this, but they've been, you know, the carrots dangled in front of them. We'll open up if you just get your vaccine. And if you don't open up, it's that person's fault because they didn't get it. So when you talk about all these rules with markets and stuff, like it's maybe it's allowed, but is it ethical? I don't think it's remotely ethical. And I'm very concerned where we're heading. Uh,
2: I'm curious about the Canadian perspective because from I had canadian visitors recently and they were explaining to me like they've never gone out of lockdown they visited me here in new york city which is considered a stricter place and they're like this is nice it's kind of it's kind of open reduced capacity inside restaurants like they were really appreciative of it too like obviously they went to florida and it was way more open but do you think like the vaccine passport is like more implementable in canada because they've never in certain provinces taken people out of lockdown so like here you know, Texas is like, just go to the hockey game. There's you know, everybody's in the seats, no capacity limits, anything like that. Do you think it's actually gonna be something that the Canadians just accept because of the fact that your lockdowns have been more strict?
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um it's it depends who you ask. So I guess I'll kind of give this in a in a brief a brief sort of summary of Canadian politics, just so you can understand. Federally, we're liberal, but there's a couple of provinces, mine in, in particular, so Saskatchewan, Alberta, and there's sort of areas, rural areas tend to be more conservative. Our our province has zero liberal MPs. We don't have anyone representing it. We voted them out. You know, Alberta, I think, maybe has one. I can't remember. A lot of people are more conservative, but because the, the places with the most, I guess, population, so the urban centres, so Montreal, Toronto, the east, they tend to vote very liberal. So then, of course, that's where policy is directed towards and so on. So you get this sort of Pull between There's a lot of separatism uh, up here, like Western separatism, which I'm sort of reluctantly a part of, uh, just wanting to break it in half and say, this relationship doesn't work anymore, we're completely different. Because when you ask that question, like, would vaccine passports be accepted? Yes, by this part of the country, and the urban liberals, the elite, so to speak, uh, the more um, I guess, government cities, unionized type cities. But then there's this whole group of people like myself and my region that would say, no, this is absolutely unacceptable. But ultimately we're stuck by whatever nationally goes on. So there's a lot of provincial um, regulatory differences. So Saskatchewan right now has not been under a strict lockdown beyond a couple sort of small ones throughout the last year. Ontario has been completely, you know, a lot of people can't leave the province. Um, I don't think they even have, like people are getting underground haircuts in Alberta. I believe we've got pastors going to prison because we've got, uh, they won't, they just won't shut their doors. They don't believe it's right or ethical. We've had, I think four or five now pastors that are being charged or have gone to prison. Um, it's its really messed up. And what's happening is just to kind of get back to this vaccine passport thing. Um, I do believe that what they've done, they've, they've caged us so closely that any little bit of freedom, people are just, oh my God, it's the key to the cage being opened. This vaccine is the key, I have to take it. And they're so desperate. And I feel like we're in an abusive relationship, I really do. And we just don't see that this person giving us a little freedom back is like an abuser that beats the crap out of you and then gets you flowers and says, I'm sorry. And you get a little bit of dignity back and then he's just gonna do it all over again. So would this be doable here? Yes, Uh, according to the MSM, I think 70 to 80% of Canadians approve of this. Are those polls real? I don't know. On Twitter, the polls are always different for me because I have my conservative echo chamber, but um, we voted in Trudeau twice. We have a lot more seats in even further left-leaning parties than I would like to see, like Socialist socialist Party, which is the NDP. Um, the three parties that are most left just agree, so they might as well have a majority. They agree on everything. We're going to be seeing UBI soon. That's another thing that they're using this pandemic for. Uh, we're really using this pandemic to push for. Um, as much policy as possible, it seems. So the only hope here, in my opinion, is our premiers, but even the conservative premiers, like Alberta is the most conservative province. It is redneck cowboy country. And that's where the pastors are getting arrested. That's the conservative leader that is, in my opinion, paid out or something because he's just been just a tyrant. So you're really seeing these bullies uh, come out and the people are taking it because they're just desperate. They're just desperate to like get out. You can You can go to the States. I'm going to California in August, not a problem. And if I go by land, it's super easy. When I come back, we're driving so that we can fly from Minot because if I fly back, I have to stay in a quarantine hotel in Calgary, which isn't in my province, and I would be recovering from surgery in some crappy quarantine hotel. And so I have to go through a different you know, process so that I don't have to deal with that. Getting back to my own country right now is a nightmare. Um, it's, it's, it's frightening. I, I don't know where we're going. It's getting dystopian, and far too many people are okay with it. Normies are okay with it because they're only getting... The mainstream messaging, but none of the political research part of it. And they're just trusting that, well, Trudeau's a nice guy. He says nice stuff. He doesn't <sighs> want to hurt us, right?
1: He looks yeah. cool. I was, I I, was, can I push
3: back on something?
1: I yep. don't think it's that they just are desperate and will accept vaccine passports. I think they want them because yeah, some this do. thing some has do. become politicized to the point where. They they want to separate themselves from the the people who have been on the quote wrong side of this. That's and true. they like the idea of punishing people who don't have the vaccine. They they would prefer a vaccine passport to opening up without a vaccine passport.
3: I, I would I agree with that as well. There's that, there are people out there that are and, and you're seeing it in articles, you're seeing political figures making statements online that are very derogatory uh calling out anti-mask and anti-lockdown protests as uh, like freedom rallies they're calling them white supremacist rallies the mayor of calgary put that out as public um another ndp kind of socialist type um mla or um other representative also said yeah it's white supremacists um we've got to get rid of this bigotry like they will do anything to turn this into you versus them and I do believe that there's just enough morally righteous Canadians to say this is this is the right thing because you're one of the bad ones and I am one of the good ones and there's this attitude um we have it with the states too they have been hammering the U.S. ever since this started of course Trump was in at the beginning so everything Trump did was wrong and everything we did was right and as soon as you question Canada people would say well at least it's not Trump and so when Trump kind of left the picture although he still lives rent-free and Many, many people's heads. Um, You know, you'd kind of think that they would ease up on it, but it's still just been, oh, that Texas and Florida, they're so irresponsible. Like, we are getting propagandized. That's the other problem in Canada. We have CBC, which is like the BBC, so state funded media. um, Very, very biased, regardless of what party's in power. I don't want that, even if my team wins. I think that's extremely dangerous. Um, and then we also have multiple larger outlets, Globe and Mail, um, CTV. And these are all subsidized by a recent media bailout of, I think, I can't remember, six million or six billion dollars. I can't remember, six billion, I think it was. I'll have to look that up. It's been a couple of years. But he gave a ton of money to uh, You know, an unbiased third party will decide who gets it. Coincidentally, it's all of the mainstream ones that spew a left bias. So uh, we have a lot of propaganda in our country and it's really effective. I hate to give them credit, but they do a great job. And uh, I could see Canada being one of the first to go, if we aren't already, I think we're already authoritarianist on this. People argue that, but yeah, people are way too excited about it. It's weird. They love their rules. They love they love this division. And I think it's bringing all the little bullies out, the insecure bullies, like you said, Carrie, that don't have a, a sense of, of confidence or identity they're just eating this up. It's, it's kind of gross. Yeah.
2: And to, to the point about driving in, I've actually heard about this, that it's not only if you fly in, they force you to quarantine in a hotel, but you have to pay for it.
3: Oh yeah. And it's really expensive too. It's really, <sighs> like I've heard grand. all kinds of quotes. Yeah. I, up to that. It depends where you go, but there's places that are just, there's robbing people and they're saying it's for extended measures and all of the COVID and the guards and. It's baloney. There's also been reports of sexual assault in one because you couldn't lock the doors from the inside. Um, the only what? media that's covering any—oh, yeah—the only yeah, media they if I can their do a, yes, exactly. Rebel Media in Canada is the only one covering any of the other side of this. They're fighting fines. They're winning a lot too. Um, fighting for these pastors, fighting for people that are at the park with their little kid and then get fined a thousand dollars. It's just—it's been insane. These some of these cops have just been just awful. Hard to back the blue right now because. I normally really support the police, but wow, they've been in some places here. They're OK, but they've been a nightmare in certain cities. So
2: because like when I flew back, when when uh, Carrie and I were at uh, the Better Discourse one, when I flew back, they I had to fill out a form and they just texted me every four hours. And then I said, yes, like I, I got the message, leave me alone. And they kept doing it and they offered me a hotel, but it was on the taxpayers dime, So I didn't have to pay for it. But I, no, just no, not here. Them. Yeah, I just blocked the phone number and had no consequences for oh, that. Oh, so they don't like, check on you.
3: they do that here. They'll come no. to your house and check. Like, and they'll... they'll send people here because I'm going to have to quarantine unless they change the rules. So if I were to come in through through flying and actually fly straight out of Saskatoon or Calgary, then yeah, I'd have to come back, go to Calgary because there's no quarantine hotels set up in my province, at least that I'm aware. And uh, it yes, you know, however much money between me and my husband, it would probably be fifteen to $2,000. 1500 to $2,000. Um, like I said, I've seen the meals. They're just terrible. I have food sensitivities. I'm coming back from a surgery. Pardon me if I want to eat my own meals. Right. It's It's kind of a nightmare. Yeah. But then on top of that, OK, fine, I get to come back through land border. It's a little bit easier. I don't have to quarantine in a hotel, but I have to I have to go online and actually sign up and get an approved quarantine plan that says I'm going straight home. Nobody's in my home. If we're driving straight home, you don't use the gas stations. You don't do whatever you get your gas outside at the pump. Like there's all these rules fine. And then uh, from there, um, well, it's kind of crazy because there's all these different PCR tests and stuff. I don't think I need anything from what I can see to get across the border on the way back. Not only do you have to test you also have to quarantine and then they will come and check your house I believe for the yeah. 14 days like they you have to be home and if they see someone's there you can get ticketed or fine so it's just it's it's strict and the sick part is 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 I say okay I understand all of that because I'm so grateful to go get this surgery and yeah it's yeah, but then I see what's the, right but then I see what's going on down there and I'm like how is California more open than where I am when they're the most sort of Like I guess left leaning, they're they're really uh, the same as Canada in so many ways politically. It's it's just fascinating to me that we are completely shut down while you guys are just opening up everywhere. It's it's crazy. Well, I I am am amused.
2: I was gonna say I am amused real quick that they're trash talking Florida and Texas because we have that here. And even Bill Maher on HBO was like, you know, we said that the sky was falling in Florida and in Texas, but their cases went down. They're yeah. like DeSantis. The we treat him like an idiot, but he actually reads the scientific literature, and that's why he protected his elderly, but let people like make their own choices. And that's why yeah. the numbers in Florida, despite us having, uh, despite Florida having a way older population than here in New York, are still way better than New York. And they've tried every little trick to say that Florida's hiding data they or sure anything have. like that. And it really like they look at the excess deaths, and they're like, "There's." like they have the CDC people from the Biden administration and they're like, look, you can isolate them and say their excess deaths aren't in line with their COVID deaths, but that's in every state. There's nothing unusual about Florida. And they still push it here, that Florida is going to kill the rest of the country. And it's like, it's not going to happen. We still see pictures of Florida beaches on the news.
0: Yeah. So it's also interesting, the difference between States here, because you said that better discourse conference, when you flew back, Sean, You flew back to New York, right? Yeah. So, And I flew back to Texas. And so they followed up with you, but they didn't do anything near like what happens in Canada. But they texted you and said, do you want a hotel? It would be on the taxpayers' dime, et cetera. Uh, Flying back to Texas, nothing. God bless Texas.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) even California did nothing when I flew back last year nothing.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't have any of that like intrusion into my life about my choices. And, and yeah, it, it, it has been interesting to watch Biden called, you know, Texas and Florida Neanderthals. And then, and like you said, they want, they, they desperately want things to be worse than they are. That's the thing about when, when you mm-hmm. push ideology or you push a narrative above principles, you become a ghoul you become ghoulish because then you start to want things to be awful. And I saw that in my small town. People wanted there to be huge spikes. Some of the, the, the Covidians, the people I call the Covidians, they wanted to see these huge spikes that they had predicted in Texas. And when they didn't, it's like they're devastated. That It reminded me of that C.S. Lewis quote about how uh, it's something about how if, if you believe a story in the paper, terrible atrocities about your enemy, and then later you find out that that story was false is your first inclination to be glad that at least that that even your enemy's not that bad, or is your first inclination to wish that the awful thing were true to wish for awful. And I, and that's why I think, I see a lot of people wishing for awfulness in Texas, but you know, sorry, we're doing great. <laughs> so we've been fine. And nobody, and it's and it's just opening up even further here. I mean, my my town and Austin got pretty, uh, Austin in particular got pretty s- severe with the lockdowns. So they're a little more like New York City, I guess, or, or Los Angeles or in Canada uh, culturally. And in terms of, you know, when this got politicized, they, they're very left. So they went, the way the media told them lefties were going, they went that way. Um, but even in Austin now, I think our our governor, Abbott, Abbott is not like DeSantis. I like DeSantis a lot more. DeSantis is, as you pointed out, Sean, he looks at the, he looks, he actually reads the studies. He's a big nerd. He's a huge nerd. I like that. Um, Abbott is different. Abbott's a coward. He's craven. He just does whatever he, whatever direction he thinks the wind is blowing. So he gave us a mask mandate. Now he's talking all tough about, we're not, I'm not going to let any city or municipality continue to enforce mass mandates, you know, coming in June, we're going to say, you know, no more, you can't violate our, the citizens rights. And I'm like, dude, except you did for a year, like do <laughs> it. We didn't forget. You're just, I'm glad, I'm glad you're at the party now. I'm glad even though you're getting here late, but don't pretend like you're some, you're, 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 you're some lion who has courage and, and looks at the data. Like you're, you're a coward. You're just going this way now. Cause you see where the wind is blowing.
2: Are you saying that you wish Abbott would have taken a stand earlier? Yeah. Oh, are you being funny? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish he had been. I wish I could have said a year ago. And I'm proud to be from Texas. Look at my governor. You know, look at my. I wish he had had a a, a pair of balls. You know, but I think he's just. A, I think he's a coward.
2: Yeah, he's no
1: DeSantis. And no, he's somebody, just, know, just,
2: somebody in the chat wrote that he has no spine, which uh, yeah, yeah, little little just, questionable.
0: Yeah, I think he's I think he's questionable.
1: But someone else pointed out that actually Neanderthals had larger brains, so Biden is unintentionally complimenting uh, Texas and Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so so there you go. There you also
0: go. a little less hair on our backs, believe it or not. I say this because oh, I,
1: really?
0: Ander- I have have a, yeah. That Most is hairy.
1: have some, and, and, Asian, and many, some Asians have some Neanderthal DNA. Uh, apparently we got busy over in Europe with some Neanderthals. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the non-hairy backs and the big heads were attractive. Let's do some super chat. Because uh, I think we have, I think we've done some, but let's just go through and see if anyone's got uh questions um we did that one hey guys found a, what this one from christopher Gorey says hey guys found a recent wapo article saying 12 attorney generals writing facebook and twitter encouraging censorship of questions about the vaccine interestingly the article won't name their names <laughs> which is infuriating so they're trying to censor questions about the vaccine. you can't ask questions I got to say, the more that they push this down my throat, the, the the less inclined I am to take it. Like, if they would just shut up for the past three months, I might be considering, like, oh, maybe vaccine might be a good idea. <laughs> Like, they won't shut up about it. It just makes me really it's not nice. want to do it.
3: The more they push, the worse it is. Like, do they think they're helping? I, I literally unfollowed my premier, my provincial leader, because he just sounds like a vaccine salesman. That's all he says. It's just, hashtag, stick it to COVID, hashtag, stick it to COVID. For him, I think it's about opening up the province fastest so that he gets political bonus points and maybe the media won't be so mean to the to the mean conservative white man that they hate so much. It's, of course, they're still gonna do that because that's what the media does, right? It's It's sad, it's like, the more they push it, the more creepy it gets. And they're getting creepy with the propaganda in the state, what is it? Giving away? I watched that. Is it De Blasio? Like the New York mayor? That creepy French fry eaten. What was that? Is that supposed? Oh, they're giving away serious? food
2: and beer and all sorts
1: Great. of stuff. Yeah.
3: Lottery
2: yeah. tickets. Like it's like a lottery yeah. for
3: it. So weird. Yeah. It's so creepy. The the more they do it, the more I'm like, I'm I'm doing the right thing by not getting this right because <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. I don't. Yeah. I don't trust the vaccine in some ways. I that's a whole big discussion, but I definitely don't trust the people that are pushing it.
2: So the funny thing is, is like I. I do trust like the vaccine because people are like, oh, it was developed in a day. It's like, yeah, our government bureaucracy in approving this stuff, the Moderna was developed in a day, is really slow and it makes it take 10 years when it doesn't need to. Like you see what happens when they develop, when they like lower the, the, the barriers, it takes a year. But even then, like it could have been out much earlier and they pretend like they're like COVID's the apocalypse. If it's the apocalypse and moderna developed a vaccine in a day then why didn't they put it out day one right everything because they treat covid like it's worse than every other alternative why not just throw it out there why not who cares but like the propaganda is so creepy and like and weird they had one with the, the little kids and like there's like the pfizer family stuff which i've heard people repeat in their real lives like i'm a Pfizer family cuz everybody's vaccinated with Pfizer oh my god. and it's it's like really weird because like my mom's a nurse when she got the vaccine i was happy but i wasn't like thank god We're pfizer. A pfizer family yeah i was like and i was like i always thought like the old people should get it first like i work from home i worked from home before the pandemic and i'm like young so it's not and i don't have pre-existing conditions but I go out and work with like other people that are younger than me on a film project. And they're all like, are you vaccinated yet? Like, did you get it? And it's like, shut up.
3: <laughs> well, that's weird. First of all, that's a very personal question. People are so weird. Hey, I don't know you. Do you have the vaccine yet? Hmm? Hmm, yeah. Do you? So bizarre. I, I, it's weird because like you said, at the end of the day, it's a risk analysis. Like there's people that I think should take it. I think you should take it. If you want to take it, take it if your doctor tells you to take it. If you don't, I don't care. Yeah. It's, I've never seen such a divisive. Remember when like, Privacy was important. Um, all of this stuff yeah. actually started to become important, and we put laws into place, and it was a really good thing. And now suddenly, it's just moot. It's a moot point, and you can be shamed if you didn't make a medical decision. It's such a strange, uh, such a strange world that we've entered. But yeah. it's
2: also and- like the weird, like culty, clicky. Like, which, who cares what which one you get? But they're like, oh, like literally, yeah, it's like a team like,
3: sport now. Yeah, okay. they're literally like Pfizer yeah.
2: family. There's like a thing that people say for Moderna. And it's like, don't get the fire. Like, people will look down on you if you got a different one than them. It's like, that is not how this works. Like, this makes no sense. (laughs) they
0: They'll have
3: too much time on their hands.
0: But again, I think (laughs) this is that whole lack of meaning, uh, this identity crisis. So people are... looking for w- ways of belonging and meaning and community they're so hungry for it they're willing to find it and what brand of vaccine they got this is my community i'm in the pfizer clan right like yeah. you might as well get branded like team shirts and i just i it's, i like it making
1: when it's <laughs> arguments against universal suffrage i just <laughs> want to <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I was like talking to like i have visitors from canada and they were like and we were discussing and they basically were like, we have no problem with like wearing the mask or whatever to go into people's business. But there's like something about America and maybe this applies to Canada that we're like not mature enough to deal with this. Like, because instead of like wearing a mask, like in Japan or, or a, an Asian country, they're like, I don't feel well. They put on a mask, they go about their day, then they go home. Like here, everybody's taking the mask out of their pocket. So it's like dirty as hell. They're sticking it on their face. And then they act like they're like the leaders of society and that if you don't do that or (laughs) or you forget once, then you're like summy. Like when we have that we have like a picture of all of us from the from the last event when we're in the bar, Mm -hmm. and like one of the first replies under the picture is like, No, Bass, you scumbag. And it's like most most of us that come from like lefty states, if you look in Twitter, it's there. And most of us come from like uh, a lot of us come from lefty states where the restrictions are harsher than in Wisconsin but the COVID cases are way higher than in Wisconsin. And there was no outbreak in either one of these super spreaders that me and Carrie went to, I, because we took precautions where we needed to. And most of the time we were like spread out and we had fun. Like it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. I always say for people that live in different kinds of areas, like if they're in a place that has high numbers or like New York city or has like strict lockdowns, I'm, I fi- I'm finding that it's a. It's also, it's become a cultural thing depending on where you live. So my friends, I have a friend who just moved here from LA, culturally in LA, so the climate of fear is much different and people wear them outside and people wear them even far apart outside. Like it's, it's, it's very strange to me. And for those people, it's sort of, I realize their life this past year has been a lot different than mine. Mine didn't really change that much. My, Beyonce does music. We found venues, fortunately, that were still, he found venues that were still hiring and doing outside music. Even, you know, so he's been playing all year. We've been interacting with audiences all year. We traveled all the way up to Idaho. Do He was doing a tour at places that were still open in states that didn't have lockdowns or had places that were still doing music despite the lockdowns. And I just kept interacting with people. So I kind of feel like, you know, when somebody sees a photo like that, reacts that way, Sean, it blows my mind because I'm like, wow, that's one photo of where I've, they have no clue what my life has been like, hasn't been like theirs. And it, and it reminds me that I don't know. I don't know what a lot of people's lives are like, been like, cause I see people on Twitter saying stuff like, you know, really emotional about this is the first time I've been to a, a restaurant in a year or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Just, it blows my mind. And I forget to have empathy for people who lived a very different experience. So-
3: no, It's weird, people anyway. I notice say, I haven't hugged my, my mother. I haven't seen this what? person I love. And I'm like, what do you, you didn't hug your own mother? What if she wanted wow. a hug? I'm just protecting you, mom. No, but I'm dying of loneliness. Yeah, but COVID, but COVID though. It's like, we forget that there's other conditions, medical, mental, emotional, you know, it's like everything just got dumped, forgotten, thrown to the side, you know, forget cancer, forget diagnoses, forget mental health. We all talked about mental health and accepting it. And then we just threw people's mental health into the garbage and just walked all over it. Didn't care. Addictions, all of it. You know, we're watching people suffer with other things than COVID. And yet all we talk about is COVID. And and I just have to say, of course, Carrie, I, someone here needs to call you a grandma killer for having lived normally for a year. So I'll just oh. <laughs> call you a grandma killer now, right? But it's funny because people like you, you, you said you still lived your life. And it's not because you don't, care about people it's because yeah. you care about people so much that you don't want them to become these slaves you know and, I and, especially and I don't, that's the part people don't get
0: I especially don't like children grow like, the small kids who have who don't know anything different what is this doing we don't even we're not even allowed to ask the question what is this doing to them psychologically seeing masks on humans as if this is normal that everybody wears a mask every day outside mm-hmm. everywhere like that's just not I don't want to be a part of that if you think that's mm-hmm. healthy like I don't think that's healthy for kids and no. I don't want your kids seeing me like that. And so I only wore it, you know, when I had to on certain occasions or if I was around an older person who, you know, going to be in a person's home who wears them, of course I'm going to wear it in their home. I'm not going to be a jerk. Um, right. So, but, but yeah, it was just a different life. It also, it also makes me think this is probably why when you were talking about in Canada people. it's like the abusive spouse relation analogy you made where the government's sort of uh, abusing you, abusing you, you know, taking away your rights and then offer, dangling this this carrot, this bit of freedom. If you do this thing, we'll give you freedom. And people are like, oh, thank you, not even realizing this is your abuser. And I think part of that is because they've lived a very different life than I have. Psychologically, they haven't, some of them haven't been to, like you said, hugged their mothers, haven't been to restaurants, haven't done, they, yeah. they complied. Oh. And
2: yeah. It, That makes me sad. It seems more ridiculous now that the vaccine is out there because the shift should be it's your personal responsibility now. Like it is widely available in the United States, appointments are open. Like you can go get it if you want it. So, like everybody else should kind of calm down and relax. But I was working on my friend's independent film project like this past couple of weeks, and we have people that are fully vaccinated. They just spent an hour doing their makeup and then they put on. The thing to walk outside like the face shield and the mask and it's like why are you wearing that like this just took an hour to like get your face correct and they're like oh i don't want to look like an asshole it's like but you're kind of being an asshole because it just took an hour to get your face done but like that's like the psychological like impact that people have had that if you're not wearing something ridiculous on your face you're a bad person and then that needs to be that needs to be corrected and even if you are fully vaccinated even though it makes no sense at all like you still have to like keep up the symbol like because other people know we see that a lot with joe biden i wear the mask because you stupid americans like won't realize that you should wear it if you're not vaccinated unless i the great joe biden set the example for you and then we just laugh at him because like he does everything wrong with it anyway like he's like coughing he takes off his mask to cough in his hand yeah, <laughs>
3: <Like it's hilarious. laughs> you were well, right about this- that. Nobody wears them right. Oh, sorry to interrupt, Carrie. Yeah, you're right. People just oh, take no, go them, ahead. Like. I'm hardly using sterilized. I made a Twitter post one time because someone said, you guys use like brand new, really clean masks every time, right? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got my specially, you know, formulated package that doesn't allow any micro or microscopic organisms in there. And then I get my sterilized forceps and I pull it out and I carefully place it on my hand, sanitized hands. And, and I'm like, no kidding. I pull it off the thing in my porch like everybody else does because everyone grabs it out of their car door or whatever. No one's wearing them properly anyway. They've become honestly more of a liability than a help. Um, it's. It's really, at this point, they seem like a joke. We're still mask-mandated everywhere in my my province. It's mandatory everywhere, period. Uh, and Including, by the way, singing on my worship team at church. As a vocalist, I have to wear a mask. I've been fighting my province on that. We're working on it. Ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So Thomas Massey, here in the States, there's a couple of Republicans who are now saying they're, they're refusing to wear a mask on the floor of the Senate. And... Speaker Pelosi has sent them letters telling them she's going to find them. I think she did find Thomas Massey uh, $500 already. Oh yeah, here it is. She wrote him a letter saying, "Pursuant to House Resolution 38, you were observed not wearing a mask on the floor of the House on May 18th, and there, there, that uh, further violation will result in an initial $500 fine." But one of the things this representative said on Twitter, I saw him talking about it. He said, "Look, the House." And the Senate, he's like, they. the only time this whole year that it's been an issue of whether we wear a mask or not is if we're on camera. And that tells you everything you need to know about these mask policies. They don't care if we're not on camera. (laughs) So it's about what you're saying. It's about how do we look? What are are we signaling? What what identity are we putting out there? What are we signaling? I I hate that. I hate fake stuff like that. Just, you know
2: you look on C-SPAN and you don't see your lords wearing a mask, then how are you, the dumb, dumb idiot citizen, going to be able to decide what you should do? Like, that's all that it is. It's all theater. And they started to say, like, yeah, it's theater with the whole vaccinated people. Like, even even Fauci, our great and honorable lord who knows all, has has reversed his position on masking after vaccinated, which is weird because he's infallible. So I guess he was <laughs> right then and he's still right now. But, yeah, it's it's always an issue if you're on camera you find these same congress people off camera like without their masks, huddled up in groups nancy pelosi is one of them it's not just when she was getting her hair done and they have the surveillance video in a city where they closed all the hair salons uh it's on the house like they put out a picture of her the other day like close in with a bunch of people but it wasn't on c-span so she has no mask also Nancy Pelosi, I'm not taking advice from anybody who color coordinates her mask to her outfit every single day because her first priority is looking like good rather than having something that's effective. Like she has like a Versace shirt. All of a sudden she got a Versace mask. It's like the same exact pattern. It's like you get too much time and money on your hands. Stop.
3: We relate to you so much. You're such a regular person, weird robot politician.
2: And she's old. I, I hope she gets the vaccine. Like, I, like I'm glad it's she's true. gotten it. You know, she's 800 years old. Like, anything could, could get her. But
1: she's, but she's a lizard person. I don't know if COVID crosses species. Mm-hmm. Well, so not, not that to not mammals.
2: To that is true.
1: Yeah, she's probably <laughs> safe. Um, one thing that's we bothered had... me about this from the very beginning, the way this has been talked about, though, is the from the community who's saying trust the science and, and they're throwing the word science around all the time, there, All of the language around this has been uh, completely anti-science. It's been completely black and white. This is safe. This isn't safe. Doing this is the safe thing to do. Doing that thing is the not the safe thing. Wearing the mask is safe. Not wearing the mask is, you know, you're killing grandma. As you alluded to before, Sean, especially when you talked about the regulations for drug approval and how they can, like, make something that should take a few weeks take years. There are instances in which if a virus was so deadly, if this was the zombie apocalypse, and a company was like, look, we have a vaccine, we think it works, we didn't fully test it, we didn't have time, but it's the zombie apocalypse. I think a lot of us would be like, inject that fucking thing, I don't want to be a zombie, like, let's give it a shot. Like, maybe there's side effects, but this is such an apocalypse, it's worth it. Everything is risk management. Everything you do every day is always risk management. There's thousands and thousands of diseases that... Maybe wearing a mask might decrease the likelihood that you inhale a particle of that disease very slightly for lots of diseases. Um, COVID's not different in that sense, but it's treated as if there's this like, follow the rules and you're 100% good. Don't follow the rules and you're 100% bad and evil. And that's just not how science works. It's not how anything works. It's not how statistics works. Everyone had to make everyone should have been making up their own minds about their cost-benefit analysis. If you're, you know, an 18-year-old who's healthy, you probably should never do any of this stuff. And if you're 90 and you have four comorbidity factors, you should probably get the vaccine as soon as you possibly can, and you probably should have stayed isolated. Um, but it what bothers me isn't that like it's the lang- The whole time, the language has been like this. It's been this black and white language, it's, and that's not scientific. That's not how science works. That's not how viruses are. That's not how biology works. It's not. It's not a like. It's not a true false statement.
2: Yeah, yeah. and it's also like we, you know, there we operate on the best information we have available to us at the time. When this started, we had like date in in the United States when New York was getting hit hard. Our examples were the Chinese who were dishonest, the Italians who have a way older population and were likely not doing, and weren't doing well at the time. And then we had to like figure it out as New Yorkers. So that's why I'm even a little bit more lenient on Cuomo's initial decision to put the elderly people in the nursing homes. Because remember at the time we were worried about overcapacity in hospitals and they did have some capacity to treat people in nursing homes. Now the covering it up and the continuing and doubling down on this policy and the media worshiping Cuomo, thus making other governors think it was a good idea to copy this was disastrous. But the initial policy, like it's unfair for us, for any of these politicians to judge them with knowledge of the future. But like what we're dealing with now is we know what the information is, but certain things have become like politically convenient to do. Like Rachel Maddow's like, I would have to rewire my brain to view somebody not wearing a mask as like something other than like a brain dead COVID denier. And like, so Did everything is- Did she say like, that? Like something, yeah, she... She, yeah it's, it's not an exact quote, but a paraphrase, but yeah, like this, all these steps have become like political and it's considered risky politically. To do anything else but lockdown, and there's like no consequences for lockdown, even though we know that there's real consequences in reality for lockdown because the politicians aren't facing that effect because most people don't own a business that's being crippled. Most people like are afraid. Like there's that great poll that says that over half of people on the left think that if you get COVID, you're in the hospital, greater than fifty percent chance. If you're if you're uh, you're in the hospital, greater than thirty percent chance. It's something like 29% of lefties think that. So we have like 70% of the country, 70, 80% of the country thinking this thing is like orders of magnitude way more dangerous than it actually is. And as long as we have that, we're not going to be in a scenario where reasonable measures are taken as reasonable measures. They're always seen as denial or crazy or you're killing grandma, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not operating with the best – we're not using the best information. It's very politically – the narrative is very much get the Republicans. It's very politically leaning towards the left, and people are still panicked. So, like, these are the results that we're going to get, and it's why we're not mature enough to deal with this.
1: Yeah, it went from from dismissing it to catastrophizing it like that. Like that. Remember at the beginning it was like hang out, go to Chinese New Year, do whatever – Screw this! These this, these, an, these xenophobic anti-Chinese people who are saying there's a virus, like that was the message. And then overnight, it switched. Sorry, go ahead, Carrie. I was going
0: okay. to say it, but but to your point, Sean, about um, they they don't have these people who are in the lefty cathedral echo chamber that I used to be in. They're getting misinformation. They're getting a lot of misinformation. They're getting a lot of, uh, like you said, they they think that this thing is orders of magnitude worse than it is. They're wrong, and they but they believe this. And and we saw the same thing when it comes to uh, gosh, what was that paper we read recently, Carter? Where if you ask people on the left about oh. uh, how many black men, how many unarmed black people people are killed by the police each year, they have a completely warped uh, belief It's not based in truth oh, they, whatsoever. It, it was, they think it's orders of magnitude higher than it is.
1: Yeah, they think they're more like they think they're more likely to get killed by police than to die in like car accidents or some ridiculous. Yes, threat. it's like like totally out of whack with reality.
0: And, and you know what their media, the legacy media used to be by media. It doesn't do anything to correct the, this mis- misinformation. In fact, they spread it, they spread these lies. And, and, and what I, what's so amazing about that is they look at conservatives. They look at those people who watch Fox news and they say, Oh, those people are in an echo chamber and those people have misinformation and those people are stupid and deluded. And they never, do they never stop to think? Cause eventually I had to stop and realize I was in an echo chamber all those things I said about those conservatives was, it was true about me and I didn't even realize it, but this still, maybe this doesn't blow Carter's mind as much as it does mine, but I still, I I had, I had coffee the other day with someone who just left, who just left, who just woke up, who just left the cathedral. And I still talk to people who are just leaving all the time. And it's amazing. It's mind blowing when you start to see it and you haven't seen it before. And and I, I still wonder like, how do you, how do we, how do we counter all that propaganda? They have the control. They they control the media. They control social media. They they're happy to put out. They're happy to put these lies in people's heads. I don't know. It's more of a rant. It's not a question. I just at don't know point, how to counter that. Of,
1: at this point, <laughs> I actually don't want to counter it anymore because it's a litmus test. If it, if it's it's twenty twenty one. If you haven't noticed, it's on you at this point. I mean, I don't. I don't how low is your IQ if we have to still drag No, it's don't say that. It's
0: not an IQ thing. I just, this person
1: I know yeah, I'm, I'm, this, I it's not, I know, I know
0: but this person that ju- I'm talking about who just woke up, brilliant. Very high IQ. There are high IQ people who are still If asleep. your
1: psychology is so dysfunctional that you still haven't noticed it, you're not helpful. I just at, I'm I'm getting to the point where there's a point of no return, where it's like I I don't know. I mean, do you wait until we're getting put on the boxcars because we have the little I'm not vaccinated star or like, when do you wake up?
2: Yeah. I just <laughs> Right.
1: right. At
3: what point? Yeah.
2: It's definitely not an IQ thing because like I have friends that I've known for years that are smart people that are like, I won't go to this neighborhood like back in the, back in the early days of the pandemic, because they're like, there's like, there's all these people out there not wearing masks. And I'm like, really? Where? I've been looking for this for, for months. And then you go out there and it's like some people that are walking are outside are not wearing them. And by the way, it's like a very busy foot traffic area. Normally it's at like 20%, but they're like that panic because that's their sources of information. Like, again, if you think that you're definitely going to die or end up in the hospital for months, like you would act like that too. Like mm-hmm. if, if you just took off your mask outside, you'd be, you'd be a little panicky now Maybe you, like, not warn people as aggressively, you know, where they go up to them and they're, like, sticking their face in their window and yelling at them that they need a shelter in place, which kind of defeats the purpose because you're getting right up in their face to tell them that. But, like, yeah, we, like, people would act like that if that was the information that they're operating with. So, like, you have to, like, fight back against the disinformation.
3: Right, because yeah, the paranoia powerful. Just is to be powerful. clear, oh,
1: I know it's not an IQ thing. We've said this a lot. I misspoke. It's a psychological barrier. It's. I know plenty of smart people who. It's. I get it. I've done the analogies before about your IQ is your your car engine, and that's how fast you drive. But if you've got the wrong map, you're just gonna get there faster. So, but I I really do think at this point, if if whatever your psychological blocks are, if you're not seeing this, I don't I don't know how helpful. I don't know how, like what else has to happen for you to wake up? There's a lack of
3: social awareness, it seems, and that whatever that falls under somewhere between EQ and IQ, I'm not really sure. That's not my expertise, but that paranoia is a powerful, powerful sort of a drug that kind of really changes a person's perspective. So they could be very smart, but when they put on that paranoia lens, it's such a dirty covered lens that they can't see anything clearly and they think it's normal, but it's not. It's like I said, it's not necessarily a smart thing. I would agree with that. It's, um, a denial. It's a thick denial. And I'm, I can't help but wonder, you know, those few minutes you have when you're quiet, and you're not scrolling through something, or you're in the shower, and you can't take your mind off of your actual feelings. You know, these people must have moments where they think, am I being lied to? Is this a little much? Am I really gonna die? Is this really that bad? I should look into this. It seems like if that does happen, people just bury it so quickly. And because like you said, Carrie, people want to, they'd rather see a whole state get sick and die than be proved wrong. And that's a very scary trajectory. And I'm wondering if much like leaving the left, once you determine that you've been lied to, like for me, when I left, and I the first article I read that I knew was a flat out lie. And I was like, wait a second, what is this? What else have they been lying about? Once you open that door, it's terrifying, right? And it opens this door to what else have you thought was right in your life that was yes. completely wrong and that makes you feel really stupid and nobody wants to feel stupid so I and think there's just... a huge block there not that that's an excuse people need to face it and be a little more ballsy and courageous but it is I understand the struggle because it's they're so deep it's a rut it's a huge rut and everything else looks terrifying and bad and scary um to them at that point
0: I think you're right and it's not just a fear of looking stupid it, it's it is terrifying to It is terrifying to confront the the idea that you may, your idea of how the world works and what's up and what's down may be wrong. That's so scary. That's it's like, you have to reevaluate everything. And what else do you, like you said, what else are you wrong about? And then you lose your sense of, you know, do I need to start, re- do I need to listen to the flat earthers?
1: Maybe they're right too. I don't know.
3: Like it scares people. <laughs> yeah. It's very overwhelming. Well, actually, I can laugh now, but yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming. Well,
1: I think you should. Cause I've listened to the flat earthers and it was good. It was reassuring like, okay, I'm not what I do about everything. They really don't know. What about. Like, That's good. Like it sets a barrier somewhere. And it's like, there's okay. The line. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a line somewhere yes i'm lied to about many things but it doesn't the problem with this the problem with not allowing for one of the problems with not allowing open dialogue is and this the covid vaccine is a great example of this because you can't ask questions and have really a, a risk analysis discussion about it and say well this is what we know about it this is what we don't know this is you know like these are some potential risks we don't know this is what's been tested but has because you can't have that real discussion it's all has to be propaganda the only people that are having that real discussion are out of mainstream and they tend to be the people who have a whole bunch of wacky beliefs about, you know, 5G and, you know, energy waves and like like stuff that's like, uh, okay, I now it's like all that actual information is being talked about by people who it's mixed in with like a lot of stuff that's just kind of funky and weird and I'm not, I don't want to pick on any particular <laughs> th- thought like belief there, but
2: it makes it difficult. I, I think, I think they we try have to, to shame lump
0: everyone in.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I think we have to shame people um, that sold us panic in the beginning. If you remember, there was all these reports about Instagram influencers and all that. They're that basically paid by the government to tell us to like freak out. And you know, this whole 15 days to uh, flatten the curve, which by the way is over a year now, a year and two months into that 15 days like so we need to shame those people they should not be trustworthy oh look at that unsafe space look at that plug for the shirt but yeah we um yeah we need to shame people that that uh that lied to us or like that pushed that that took government money to propagandize against us and never trust them again like this i didn't know that happened yeah yeah are you you got to look into it but yeah like this whole cult of of uh fear that was developed and nurtured over the past year and like all these people like walking down and then telling us like i'm right here with you like please give me money while i sit at home and all that and like while you're going broke like those people should be like dismissed and it has a real impact like even outside of like mental health etc cetera, etc cetera. it had like impact inside hospitals like my mom works as a nurse and they would have nurses quit because they were so panicked about the virus. And of course it skews younger. So you have like 20 something year old nurses quitting because they're like, they're not telling us everything. The president's not on our side. They're sending us here to die. And it's like, you have an almost, you have a very low chance of dying from this. And what's ended up happening is like experienced medical people who are older are are taking on more risk because you have all these young people that are so panicked, so freaked out without pre-existing conditions like, walking off because they're afraid, like, that the Trump administration is using them as guinea pigs for something, something. So, like, they fostered all the conspiracy theories, like, throughout this past year. So, like, the idea that now, oh, well, we have to ban all these people that are, that are um, developing conspiracy theories about the vaccine. It's like, no, you're creating more of that. You're, you're invigorating that spirit. Like, like the number one person that people want to go to once they start banning people for vaccine disinformation is somebody like an Alex Jones who's been talking about vaccines and how they're going to force them into you for years on his show. So like you're setting it up for people to either go into this culty like I'm going to tattoo Pfizer's logo on my face or for people to think that the vaccines are a Bill Gates plot because we can never have any discussion about like what in reality is this mitigates your risk. And for a lot of people, it's not risky to begin with to deal with COVID, not that risky. So if you combine your low risk with the vaccine, it's exceedingly a low risk. Thus the vaccine is probably a net good for you. So like, instead of having that, we'd have Bill Gates, 5G mind control, Moderna families fighting.
3: And nothing in between.
0: They want that though. Here's the thing that we've talked about this before. They want us, they want to keep us divided. So critical race theory, social justice ideology, awesome. All this stuff, because it keeps us divided and and fighting. What race are you? What sex are you? I'm more oppressed than you. You're more oppressed than me. They love the right-left narrative, the whole, you know, it's so important whether you're Republican or Democrat. It's not, it's not. But they get so many of us to believe that. I believed that for years that that was important. They keep every, they try and make everything like whether you supported mask mandates or lockdowns is not naturally a Republican or democratic thing, but they tried to make it that and then followers followed. And then what's occurring to me as you're saying this, Sean, is that they want us to break down into these. It it, it benefits their narrative just as much. If you become someone who goes off the deep end and becomes uh, starts listening to actual conspiracy theory channels and stuff. If you become that kind of a paranoid person, 5g, whatever that benefits them just as much as if you become the crazy, paranoid, religious type cult type person who gets the Pfizer vaccine on your, or uh, tattoo in your head, like both of those things benefit them because then we're this divided society where people are in, you know, different States of extremism or radical radicalism, I guess I should say, Um, and I think that's, I think that's part of the goal. I think it's sort of the media benefits this whole cathedral that we've talked about, like they benefit, they get clicks. The more divided we are, that's how they sell themselves. That's how they sell stories. And so I don't know if you guys have heard this, but I've recently heard, I keep hearing obviously about this, the the people there's, there's a certain segment of the people who've been vaccinated who want us to have to wear vaccine IDs and have papers and have, they want to be able to tell who the unclean are, those of us who haven't gotten the vaccine and they don't want to associate with us. And I've seen people responding to Biden's tweets. Like you said, uh, somebody in the, in the chat said this, the public, a little ragamuffin said this, the public, they're trying to get the public to demand that we have vaccine paperwork and a vaccine tattoo or something. Cause they don't want to be associated with us. Right. me, I have not been vaccinated. So anyway, what I wasn't aware of until recently is there's a growing number of people, it seems, who are unvaccinated, who don't want to be associated with vaccinated people. Have you guys seen this? I just started coming into contact with this. I
1: read some of this. There's a lot of, like, I, I do not think the science is legit here, but there's a lot of, like people concerned that vaccinated people are doing or shedding um yes spike proteins yes and, and that kind of stuff i don't think based on what i've seen i don't think that's legit so yeah me either but, and
0: i don't want to get our video banned because yeah. saying something we don't yeah. even believe no, they, i'm just saying they are afraid there are some people i found out that they are afraid of being around the vaccinated people
2: yeah and and vice yeah. versa yeah it's 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 uh what you call it and i think the reason they changed the guidelines is because the cdc said like yeah like you're not projecting the virus if you have the vaccine like that's that's the point of the vaccine which we all knew but they finally just clarified that you're not infecting other people once you're vaccinated which makes sense because that was the point of the vaccine but uh like that's the whole point of herd immunity and all that But yeah, like the the idea that people are afraid to be around vaccinated people because uh, they're thinking they're going to get the virus from them or vaccinated people are afraid to be around unvaccinated people, which I've experienced because I haven't gotten it. And when they ask me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not old and I work from home. It's not a big deal. Like it's it's what you call It's really weird because it's all like weird vaccine denial tactics. Like if you believe it works, then you shouldn't be worried which by the way, it works. That's like, they just released a study where they covered like the 200 people who died after they got the vaccine. And they found that none of them died from the vaccine. They just died after they got it. And like, that's a huge step after we vaccinated millions of people to find out that these people died from like cancer or whatever, whatever that they had already. So like, we should not be panicking. We should be coming less, more calm And less divided and we should be moving to a space where it's not like i need to stop my neighbor because they're going to kill my grandma to (laughs) the vaccines widely available even 12 to 15 year olds can get it in this country so like if you have it you're fine if somebody doesn't have it then that's on them and you could just like you can live your life like we should be like there's enough people that are able to get it that there shouldn't be any mass mandates in my opinion Obviously, if the WHO or CDC says that, then my YouTube position is their position for you guys. But yeah, we did have any I appreciate it. I, all
1: hail the CDC and Fauci. Yeah.
2: All, all hail them, all the government bureaus, no matter if they disagree, they're all right.
1: Yeah. Like? I Especially that, if they disagree with each other, then they're both right.
2: Yeah.
0: I just feel like there's, there's we're in a place where we're being encouraged to be very distrustful of our common man, no matter what, no matter if we've gotten it or we haven't, or it's like, you know, the the powers that be, the the vague they, they, them, the powers that be. But it's, it, I think they love us being so divided.
1: Well, and, they like the idea that you're afraid of, that humans are viewed as um, something to fear because humans communicating face-to-face uh, and building communities is a threat to the to to authoritarian power. Like you don't want people meeting and talking and like forming relationships with people in their community. And you want people to be as isolated as possible. You can control the propaganda. If they're sitting at home, you can control everything that they see because you can basically, you know, most not everything but most people are you know getting their news from facebook and twitter and mm-hmm. and google news and netflix and amazon as their entertainment and so like it's very easy to control the narrative if they're not out having seditious conversations in coffee shops with friends mm-hmm. which is the last thing that you want um yeah. so yeah it, i but so simultaneously we're treat we're they're they're encouraging people to be to view other humans as toxic which is insane, but also to view leaders as infallible gods whom you must never question the orders of. Yeah,
0: well, I sent you something. Before you get back to Super Chats, can we just put this on the screen? There's two things, one, one is you asked about businesses that are requiring vaccine paperwork. And this is one I saw today. I, w- I would like for people to send me screenshots of others because I want to know how common this is. I'm curious oh, how I common saw it one is too. Yeah. This is from a vineyard and winery. I think it's in Virginia. Potomac. Beverly, Point. You're
1: going to put this up, right? Sorry. I, vineyard I really and winery. In
0: and I'll just read it for people who are listening at home. Instead of watching, it says mask policy update. Fully vaccinated patrons are not to wear a mask anywhere on the property. However, a vaccination card will need to be presented upon arrival, photos accepted. A vaccination sticker will then be given. (laughs) They're gonna give you a sticker. We don't have to read the rest of it, but uh, there are some businesses that are requiring it like that. And so the other image I sent you Beverly is something I made, now I'm no artist, but I made this and to print out and carry in my purse. It's a vaccine certificate for anybody who any shop who would like to see your papers. And if you fold it up really small, it, I think it works the best because then it takes them a while to open it, which I just like the comedy in that.
1: <laughs> when they finally get it if open. Can you put it in a couple of envelopes?
3: <laughs> That's what I was yeah. thinking. Nice fancy looking ones with like really yes. official <laughs> documents on the outside. Yeah. Some kind of seal maybe.
0: Yes. Just like unfolding, unfolding, unfolding forever. And then no, <laughs> Uh, how could they not let you in after you made them laugh in such a way? Anyway, they don't.
1: Comedy's all. not
2: allowed, so I do
3: <laughs> Yeah, to the gulag for you. Yeah.
2: The, the the good thing about this is that even as ridiculous as it will get over the next three to six months, in a year, nobody's going to be checking your vaccine card. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it. We're like wrapping up on this. Like the 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 beauty of certain states opening up is that it puts pressure on other states to open up. And like, they can't really implement this. Like New York has a vaccine passport system. I know a bunch of people who are ridiculous with their their vaccines. Like I'm a Pfizer family. They don't even have the app. Like, because that's how ineffective it is once you actually start opening up. So like, I'm not too worried about this here and other what places do th- it's gonna be worse. What
0: do you think about international travel a year from now? Will you be required to have a vaccine passport, do you think?
2: Probably not, but it depends on the place. I think like Australia has been really strict. So like Australia, New Zealand, probably. And that's probably the reason I would get the vaccine is if I wanted to go to like uh, the United Kingdom or somewhere like that. Because I do think certain countries like putting restrictions on outsiders makes sense. Like that's like you you don't have the same protections as a visitor that you do as a citizen. So Like, I would probably get it under those circumstances, but that might hang around for a while, like, just because. But after, like, a year, two years, probably not.
1: Yeah, like, China, though, doesn't let you, I don't think, well, I don't know if this is still true, but we looked at this a couple months ago. China doesn't, didn't, won't let you in if you have the vaccines, because they don't like the U.S. vaccines, they have the Chinese vaccines, so... You can get I think you have to get tested to show that you're negative, but you are not allowed to have vaccine. I don't know where Kerry went.
2: You got to get that swab, uh, which is not in in your nostril in China. And there was a situation where, (laughs) where U.S. diplomats actually got swabbed in that way. Uh, I don't. Did,
1: that, did this, they stop that? I think they stopped that. But.
2: They they stopped it for diplomats, but that just goes to show you how much spying people in the Biden administration have. Like they get told to bend over for a, a foreign government, and they literally do it. Uh, right.
1: An authoritarian foreign government, who's arguably the enemy, of the biggest enemy on yeah. <laughs> that we've got as a foreign state. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I will. Um, I will be traveling to China. Like I'm. I'm trying to go on vacation. <laughs>
1: Why would you go to the UK then? I don't understand. I
2: don't well, know. I mean if they were opened up, I would consider going there. You know? Okay. I want to visit my Anglo Saxon uh governing history, which apparently is a bad term.
0: Wait, where are you? Where are you going?
2: I might do UK, Ireland, Scotland, but I haven't booked anything because everything's oh, kind of well. so locked yeah. down.
0: I would like to go I've never been to Ireland. Uh, or Scotland, I would like to do both of those. I, that's I, for personal reasons. I was wondering, but also people keep asking me if they need a vaccine passport. I don't know. I was wondering what other people think. But um, a year from now, I would like to be able to travel internationally. So I'm hoping that they're not requiring things like that. Ireland, that would be very cool. Have you Have you been there before?
2: No, I, I did Spain and Rome the last time I went out. Like right, so. And now I'm trying to do, like, my... my, my Your house.
0: heritage.
2: My mother's side is uh is Hispanic. So Spain was, like, the grandmother land. And mm-hmm. now I'm trying to do the fatherland because my, that's my Irish side. But also, like, I want to go to more places. Cool.
3: Stupid well, cool. I feel like you have
1: it. to be a beer drinker to really enjoy the UK tours. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that was mine. My- <laughs> yeah, it's a necessity to get in. you got to show how much of a beer drinker you are. Yeah. By the way,
2: fun fun fact about Spain, just randomly, uh, if you go to Spain all over in English, it says things like tourists aren't welcome in red writing and like tourists get the bullet and all these like nasty things. And I was like, why does it say that? Apparently people from the UK go to Spain and they act like asses. So they've decided to spray paint threatening messages in English all over anywhere in Spain.
1: So.
0: We need to do that Texas about Californians. <laughs> is there
1: a, yeah. Can you, can you, can you write things with an upward inflection or is there a California language you can use? That sounds like you're from California. I don't think that doesn't come across in spray just, paint, I don't think. just
2: put everything has gluten it and it's not vegan. Just put that on there. And you'll be oh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: actually. Yeah. Vegans not welcome would be a good one. That will get rid of a lot of Californians. Um,
0: so I, I'm right. just going to read a couple Super Chats. Super Iron Bob, five bucks, says, my doctor recommended me not to get the vaccine because of prior cardiac events and other other vaccines. Not looking forward to the star they're going to want to put on me. Um, yeah. Yep. Grant, Grant says, an LA Times article claimed that lockdowns did not damage the economy. Quote from the article, it wasn't government policy that kept people home. It was fear. I did the California
1: up, up <laughs> and speak for you. It was fear of being arrested by it the was government. fear?
0: And this is a question for Kelly. <laughs> I just want to get some, if there's any, for, so you guys don't have to stay during all the Super Chats, I'll get some of the ones for, for you guys. You don't have to answer this, Kelly. You tell me if you're comfortable answering it or not. Mm-hmm. Grant says, to the Canadian guest, was your surgery related to the Canadian healthcare system or just something specialized that you that you only could get in California? <laughs>
3: Oh God, this could be an hour long show on its own. Um, I have fought our system for 15 to 20 years with the chronic illness. Um, I mean, any time you have a chronic illness that's maybe not as visible, it you you run into the situation where doctors miss things or they just kind of, it gets complex and their eyes glaze over and they just kind of wanted to hand out antibiotics for UTIs and that's really all they want to do. You know, there's people that just want to give the pills and you move on. So I think that can happen in any system. Uh, the problem in Canada is that when you have... You know, we've talked a lot about sort of the disempowering element of the government in in uh, education. And that's definitely something you see in socialized medicine. So it's an incredibly disempowering experience. And because everybody is used to it here, A, they think it's free, which it's not, of course. And B, they're not willing to look at alternatives because they see the states and they think, oh, it's just about money. And if you're poor, you don't get any care. And they see these horrible horror stories. So there's this big argument up here on ideology so people want to con- continue the Canadian ideology of socialized medicine started by Tommy Douglas, who's from my province, which is great. I believe much like in, you know, all the best healthcare systems that lefties quote, uh, Denmark, Norway being two of the biggest ones, they have fantastic health outcomes. And the reason that they do is because of multiple factors, but including the ability to have a two tier system, pay for some privatized options and have options so that nobody is left behind in Canada province-dependent. It's very strict. In some places, you can't have any diagnostics that are private. Saskatchewan has two private MRI clinics for one over one million people. 1.1, I think it is now. Um, and when you access these or when they come, there's there's heavy, like when I went to get an MRI, for example, to, to find this out, uh, I would have waited so many months, I still wouldn't have an answer. So it was private MRI that got me an answer in a week. Uh, I think I ended up subsidizing someone. They won't allow you to, to get a private one here without taking someone off the main system and subsidizing their tests, which is interesting. Um, so all of that was kind of privatized. And then I came, uh, did an on the calls online wait, consult wait, wait. with someone in LA. Yeah, go ahead. So I understand that correctly.
0: You can't get a private test unless you pay for somebody else to get a test. Is that in, Saskatchewan,
3: what it, in Saskatchewan specifically. So oh, basically because okay. we're socialized medicine, in order for them to allow private options, which are evil, right? Um, because, you know, it's just not fair that the rich get healthcare first, even though let's be honest, what politician or football player isn't getting in before the rest of us schmucks in Canada, come on, right? Like people think money doesn't operate the system, they're silly. But yeah, in Saskatchewan, to to have the government, the conservative government be allowed to open these two clinics, they had to basically just make it into bureaucracy. So they have to follow all these guidelines. So in Alberta, you can get the same company, same MRI, $300 cheaper, because you're not subsidizing somebody else's. So yeah, it's a double thing. You you end up opening the Wow, stuff, this okay. One, which, you know what? I was so grateful to get an answer yeah. in a week and not waiting six months to a year that I, I just didn't even care. Yeah. So then I came, uh, did a consult online in the US and um, she was the one that diagnosed something that had been missed and shouldn't have been missed for six years. So it, the answer to that question in a long form um, Yes, I am coming to the States partly because of the system. It has let me down a lot. That said, there is a specialty element to this where it could be done here. But if I really want it done right and this is a very unique situation, um, I'm I'm just better off with the amount of work they're going to be doing on me. I don't want to put my hands or put my body in the hands of a bunch of people that, quite frankly, didn't gain my trust in the last few years. Um, If I didn't get a really good GP this past year, uh, I'd be screwed right now. I'd have no answers. I wouldn't know what was wrong with me. It was an American doctor. That saved my my story ours. So um, it's a bit of both. In this case, I can't say it's it's not a lack of competency in Canadian healthcare. There's great practitioners. We lose a lot of them to the states because it's been, it's socialized medicine is based on budget, not need. So you might need more oncologists here by capita per capita basis on uh, stats of cancer, but if they don't have the money, that person's going to take all of their credentials that we gave them in our training, and they're going to go to the U.S. I've I've talked to these people, so we lose out on all the greatest opportunities because we're too damn ideologically strong in being socialist. We cannot, can't, can't fathom that we might have a private option. Private options just saved my butt. Two grand and I got answers. And now it will be a lot more for that in the surgery element, but it's worth it. Your life is nothing if you don't have health. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I could talk about this for hours because socialized medicine is my passion. It was on our platform to give provinces more power to have private options for their specific citizens if they want it. Uh, so I'm, I guess I'm living, I'm living and breathing and putting my money where my mouth is and fighting for like when I come back, I plan to start some kind of advocacy group for uh, people to show that the health outcomes are more important than our stupid, strict ideas. Right. So, yeah. Sorry, that's a really long answer. You can't ask oh, me that one without me going well, off. Good, well, so. good luck, Kelly. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. It's it's good news. She's an incredible. It's pretty cool when you find someone that passionate about their their specialty. So, I mean, I'm in good hands. Good. Yeah. Uh,
1: let's Did see. You want to do more, Carrie? I've got. Yeah, we can do, do more. Here,
0: um, well, this person on screen right now says, "Looking forward to your return to F and T." Thank you. Uh, that's, that's tonight. I forgot to say that at the beginning. If you guys want to turn into Friday night tights, it's one of my favorite channels lately, Nerdrotic. And I get to hang out with those guys tonight, which is always cathartic and fun. So I'll see you on, I'll see you on Friday night tights. Anybody that watches that show. And uh, yeah, we can do more. I don't know how long we have you, Sean. Do you have to take off? Do you want to stay for some uh, of these? Or?
2: I could stay. Like within reason for a little bit of time. It's about time (laughs) for me to make dinner. So like in like 20 minutes, I have to start making dinner. That's perfect. 20
3: minutes is all we need.
2: Um,
1: (laughs) 20
3: minutes works for me too. So cool.
1: Well, let's do Chris Raposo says, don't know if this was mentioned, but Nova Scotia, uh, which is a province in Canada, just said that they don't need parental consent to give the vaccine. Children can consent. True. Uh, There's a video. I
3: sent it in the chat. If you want to show it, I don't know if you can. But yes, there is a video of the, I believe it's the premier or the health policy guy there. Yeah, I just learned that a couple days ago. It's, I'm learning new things about my country every day that just absolutely shock and appall me. Um, Nova Scotia right now is one of our eastern provinces. I think they're generally pretty liberal, but they have been, oh, they've been shut down bad. Like they've had, they've had restrictions on leaving. There's pictures online of back road, gravel roads in the middle of nowhere that are blockaded off with cement blocks so people can't leave the province. There was someone recently on Kijiji advertising, he's a 1A truck driver, I'll do work for free, I just need to get a job this weekend so that I'm allowed legally to go visit my dying family member in another province because he wasn't allowed, it wasn't considered essential travel. So that kind of stuff you hear all the time. Um, You're not allowed to protest, they're cracking down on that in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia's in bad shape. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, this so now I guess man. kids don't need, I guess the parents, well, it's a creepy it's video the way they
0: put it. Because it's amazing. They're doing the same thing with when it comes to kids, uh, you know, t- saying that kids don't need parental permission to choose surgery for transitioning for, you yeah. know, what they want to call gender affirming care because they don't want to use words like hormone replacement therapy or, yeah. um you know, in some cases, I mean, the surgical options, I think will be there soon.
3: Yeah, well, you can have top, <laughs> top surgery, I know, in California, for sure. But in Canada, there's a clinic in Toronto that does top surgery as long as, as young as 14. And I'm not sure what the consent is there. But of course, there's the big court case in BC, whether you guys have followed mm-hmm. it with that guy and his young daughter, and it went to court, and he's really yep. trying to expose the psychologists and the doctors Uh, because they're the ones that are pushing this so hard. And because in Canada, like there's rules uh, obviously against actual conversion therapy, which, of course, I, I don't think that's in any way a positive thing. I'm very glad that we don't have such barbaric practices. But the wording is unique in that we're heading towards a direction that you can't do anything but affirm that gender identity. And it puts these young kids who are sucked up in the social contagion into the hands of a psychologist who's not allowed to say anything, but yes, you are what you think you are. And then you have the parents who are being pushed as kind of bigoted. There's a lot of power within the schools. Um, Alberta's had issues with LGBT groups that they're not allowed to bring the parents in and they're just giving a lot of authority to the state essentially, and then actual lawsuits. And this father was jailed for a while at one point. Um, and of course they, they worded it. It's in the best interest of the child and it's really quite heartbreaking. Um, like I said, that's another area that we're heading in a a scary direction. Wow.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, let me get through some of these. Uh, Christopher Gorey says, I predicted the coming of tattoos weeks ago. Sickened. I was right. Yeah. We're all sickened that you were right. Uh, Ternoculus P says, Hey Carrie, uh-huh. make sure to renounce violence and distance from geeks and gamers on Friday night tights tonight.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, Thank you.
1: TPS says I have a tattoo of the Tauro symbol for Christ on my shoulder, but I thought about for 20 years and drew it myself. Oh, I don't think we're yeah. vilifying tattoos generally. I think we're vilifying yeah. COVID tattoos.
2: I, I, will, well, I will vilify tattoos generally. Just get a well, yeah. t-shirt.
0: <laughs> I don't... I, yeah, just to be clear, I, I like some tattoos. I think for me, I was just thinking more about is there a difference between a tattoo that's... A tattoo that is symbolizing and marking some kind of uh, transition in your life or some kind of event in your life or something that was meaningful and impactful? Is there a difference between that and a tattoo that is supposed to stand in for identity. I think there is. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh,
1: yeah. TBS says legal is not ethical. Say no to papers. Yeah, clearly. Although that's one of the big fallacies I think a lot of people forget. They they ask whether something's legal when they should be asking if it's ethical. <laughs> um, I think we read this one from little Matt Ragamuffin about the public pushing for papers, right, Carrie? Yes. Um Let's see. Tweet Girl says, Canada is a crystal ball into your future. Yeah, unfortunately. So is California, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cantor Chuck says, yay, Kelly. Great unsafe Canadian representative.
3: Why, thank you. I'm sure all of the really liberal people would disagree and think that I am an absolute bigot fascist, but thank you.
0: (laughs) Which is, and for anybody who hasn't seen our interview with you or, or
3: is not familiar with you,
0: you're another former SJW. I don't think I said that at the beginning, not on camera anyway. No, I um, think that was prior. Yes, I, I sure yeah.
3: am. I voted in. I voted, well, not in. Didn't make my vote didn't matter. But I did vote for Justin Trudeau in 2015, and then and I ran I, for a populist right wing party in 2019. Well, so I did they hate. Flip. They really hate us the most, though. The ones, the the Oh one yeah, we are insane. apostates, and it is oh, yeah. not, not okay. You so. left.
0: You left. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm just reading a private message from Sean. So was that sarcasm? You're not actually opposed I to tattoos. You're kidding. I'm,
3: I'm
2: not. Look, I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna take the the stand. Absolutely, nobody should ever get one. But in general, I'm like, oh, just get a t-shirt. It's fine. Like,
1: I think that's generally true. Or get. Uh, and get I'm not someone who t- has a tattoo, but get, I think it's get generally. That
2: te- true. But if you get that temporary one that you're gonna get and wear that one that lasts like a month, like do that first and see if you still want it after a month.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably smart. That's probably smart.
1: Um. Christopher Gorey says the uh, the article refers to questions as digital hate. It's a Washington Post article from three twenty four twenty one. He's talking about the the questions about COVID. They're digital hate. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Common Sense Production says on ten twenty twenty, CDC reports only two thirds of excess deaths were COVID. On four sixteen twenty one, they say excess deaths now match COVID deaths. Something very wrong with numbers. Yeah, I I, I think it's hard to do that. I mean, there's so much comorbidity and yeah.
2: Well, I I think they've been going with the two thirds thing. I haven't seen that other further report, but I'm pretty sure they've been going with the two thirds is due to COVID. And but there's a lot of excess deaths and like drug overdoses and all that that are related to the lockdowns more so than COVID itself. So but yeah, I think two thirds is generally where they're at. But I don't want to like, you know, Quote something scientific-y and get your channel in trouble. So, but I think that, I think <laughs> yeah. it's generally where where their estimates are.
1: Uh, Human Kirk says the Maple Leafs are playing the Canadians in the playoffs for the first time in forty years. Canada won't be able to share that cultural moment. Tragic. It Wait,
3: tragic. Com- it's tragic. I'm not a hockey Kamada. person, but uh, yeah, it's it is tragic. It's a big part of our identity. There's these things that. You know Canadians do and appreciate and even if you're not like a fan of a certain sports team you're supposed to be I don't know it's it's kind of just a point of national pride yeah everyone's really loving looking at you guys you see these pictures on Twitter of these massive sports events in the states and everyone's all crowded in and meanwhile I think in Ontario once they get through all their vaccine their their roadmap to recovery I think you can have five whole people at an event outside I know (laughs) isn't it amazing insane so I, I get so annoyed and envious of you guys sometimes I'll try not to be bitter oh
0: I'm sorry you, you guys should be, look I, I really want because Texas has so, so many people moving here right now and they're not all uh freedom lovers let will just put it that way there's a lot of people coming from California and New York and other places that are I know there's wrong thinkers coming but there's also people who are not freedom lovers And so I've just been encouraging you. If you're a wrong thinker, if you're looking for a place to live, come to Texas. I know New Hampshire's making a bid too. I know they have their free state project and everything, but... I would make we need more than
3: one free state but come help me make texas a free state (laughs) that's fair texas we've looked at like texas and tennessee are the two we've looked at but it's not as easy to get into the states from here so we're we're wondering when canada becomes officially a communist refugee place we'll see when that makes the list we're not too far i don't think
2: (laughs) just just fly down to mexico grab a small child (laughs) and cross the border illegally you'll be fine
3: you're that fine. has come up on Twitter. I've seen people say stuff like, "Just go to Mexico and walk through the border." It's like, "Well, we'll pay. We'll pay for your college." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I'd like to go down. I'd like to to go American. We've both got American in our blood, so uh, yeah. I think uh, the hubby's family was in Kansas before they came up here. So
2: it it is unusually difficult for like citizens of these very similar countries that speak English as the first language to move between one another. Like the UK, the US, uh, yeah. Canada, Australia, like New Zealand. Like it seems like if, you know, like to a certain extent, if you're a citizen of one, you probably fit into the other one. I... Yeah,
3: I think it's a bit easier for us to get into other Commonwealth countries. But yeah, it's, it's tricky. I think you have to have a very specific visa or some really specialized skill. Or maybe you guys can start a business and sponsor us and bring us down. Just, just saying. We can talk about that off off the air.
1: <laughs> good plan, good plan uh my i lost the super chats my my thing crashed sorry so oh that's okay i've got one i uh, want to read real I, fast this I, is from andrew knapp
0: because okay. this is a fun one he says i'm scuba diving with sharks next weekend but i'm not allowed to go to a store without a mask we are preoccupied with safety
1: <laughs> 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 yeah uh, uh, pjr work called this in the i think it was the 90s he called them maybe it was the 80s he referred to them as safety Nazis and it's just gotten worse since then. But yeah. Um, there, ahead, there's, a, yeah.
2: there's a great moment when you're flying on an airplane where they uh, give you the oxygen mask instruction and they have to tell you to take off your stupid COVID mask I know. In order to put on that. And it's like, it's like you pause and you're like, isn't that obvious? And then you're like, wait a minute. No, it's not. Because no. they make you put on your mask no. between bites on certain airlines now.
0: And maybe we should just not give that warning. Like, you know, maybe just let people, if you can't, if you don't remember to take this off, I'm sorry, that's that's mean of me. But I'm like, why are we, remember the Darwin Awards? We used to give the Darwin Awards to yeah. people who, uh, I, just, I don't know. We're catering towards the, we're catering, we're building the world for the least common denominator. It's like, let's cater to the dumbest. Mm-hmm. um yeah this is a, a, a funny one Matt Deckard gave a couple I love Matt deckard's style he is like he is the best style I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram but you should okay so he says can you tone police them tonight it is needed I, yeah well, I will and he says events are requiring papers to swing dance in la which I'm not surprised that sucks
2: Come on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Grant, Grant says what's your favorite cringe covid video I, I don't I don't know if I have oh, one.
1: Oh, I have one. It's okay. the, you've guys seen the TikTok video of the guy with the cartoon face um, singing a version of the song from Frozen about how he's excited to get his vaccine. That is the oh, worst. That was bad.
3: Uh, that was bad. I'm glad
2: really bad. I didn't see that. My brain no, had I blocked
3: it out. Thanks, Carter.
2: <laughs> any, yeah. any, anything with the nurses dancing with the PPE, like oh, when God. we had the shortage. It's like, did you, you're really just going to waste this for this? What? Stop. TikTok has honestly been the real pandemic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's interesting is, I, I didn't know Sean, that you said that they were paying influencers, social media influencers to hype up the fear at the beginning of the pandemic. I didn't know that, but it makes sense to me that they, of course they would be doing that because I just saw, I just saw that someone on TikTok she was putting herself out there saying, hey, I'm available. She had a lot of followers. I'm available for, uh, for hire to do vaccine videos telling people to get the vaccine and other vaccine propaganda, basically. Yeah. This influencer, it's like, what? But, but yeah, I, I, guess that, I guess that makes sense. You, I, I, I would love to see one of these articles about the influencers who hyped up the fear, though I'd like to read about that because I, I haven't read anything about
2: I'll, it. I'll send it over. If, if Thank you. It.
1: All right. Well, um, I think, oh, wait, here. Human Kirk says, by the way, here in Germany, the state has put anti lockdown protesters under state security surveillance. Am I alone in freaking out about this? No.
3: That nah, seems fair.
1: <laughs> freak, seems a reason away. to be
3: concerned. Like you said, Carter, what are we going to wait for the box cars to where, like, this, is, this isn't quite right? I don't feel good about this.
1: Yeah. Did they, are they called the Stasi? I'm just the state security. Is there a different name now?
3: Have you guys seen that video of our pastor up yes. here in Calgary, Archer Pawlowski? I'm sure it went worldwide. Yes. Get out Nazis. Get out. You yeah. guys remember?
1: That was awesome. That just He's
3: does arrested. what make me think of, I wish more people had that kind of tenacity. Yeah. Yeah. All well, right.
1: I'm through super chats, Carrie.
0: Yeah. I just want to thank you guys both for joining us. We're trying out this new format on Fridays where we do casual Fridays and hang out with friends and people we've had on the show before and maybe help people meet each other. I'm glad you guys got to meet one another. Yeah, So um, have yeah. a good dinner, Sean. I got to you. It. Fa- <laughs> you got to go make it first. You guys can follow Sean. He's an actual justice warrior. He just passed 100,000 subscribers, which is amazing. Yeah. Nice. And I want to say about you, I said it in your congratulatory video, but this is true. I, I've, I've now seen you at two conferences and you're very impressive. You have a way about you where you have a lot of facts in your head but you, you you don't you don't struggle as much as I do with sometimes I struggle with putting these things together in a coherent fashion that helps people understand the point I'm making you're very good at that and then also you're very persuasive without uh without coming across as pushy or anything cuz you make good arguments so anyway thank, enjoy thank
2: you Carrie you're very kind yeah. and Carrie's fantastic both in person and in everything I've ever seen her do, so... Aw, I...
3: oh, thank you. <laughs> Warm this fuzzies is, on this stream. It's this, this yeah. a
0: day of compliments, yeah. which uh, Carter is made very uncomfortable when you compliment him.
1: Uh, uh, you told I, yeah, me that for okay.
0: and I just remembered it. Yes. And I complimented Thanks you a lot at the beginning. <laughs> 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 anyway. Thanks,
1: Carrie. Uh, thank
0: you, guys. And you guys can follow Kelly <laughs> Lamb at... Uh, on YouTube at Kelly Lamb and on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? Because it's different.
3: Yeah, I'm more active on Twitter now, but I'm getting back into YouTube after the surgery. So uh, Twitter handles at Kelly R Day. Actually, you know what? I changed that recently. Isn't this funny? I don't even know my own Twitter handle. It's like I literally got... changed it like three weeks ago to it has my has goat in it name. Yeah, it's little goat CR. I just want to make sure I got that right because I haven't it actually shared this. Yeah, I haven't changed that since I've uh, advertised. Yeah, at little goat CR creation yep. is what it stands okay. for. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I should have been cool. more prepared. Worst guess ever. <laughs> Thank you,
1: Gabriel, in chat. Um, all right. <laughs> Thank you both for joining. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and as always, it's great to talk to you. And we'll see you. See you later, everyone else. Have a good weekend. You too. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for watching. See you there.
4: Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. They are also spreading vicious lies about me. I am human just like you. Insert localized idiomatic greeting. Individual sovereignty is highly contagious. Good parents keep their children regularly vaccinated. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job.